I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Episode 567 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Good to be with everybody here. February 21st, 2024. For the YouTube audience, I do not have my camera today, um, so we're just working with the laptop camera, which is what we have, so there's a little bit different lighting, so just bear with me there on the YouTube side of things, but I appreciate everyone's time. Not a long episode today, but just a couple of topics, as you can see here for the YouTube audience. Michael A. Taylor, he is still out there on the free agent market. I want to hit on him and how maybe his odds have increased to coming to the Padres. But first, I want to touch on Eric Hosmer. Sort of the news of the day so far, Eric Hosmer retiring from baseball, officially announcing that today on his Twitter account, his X account. I, I always will think it's Twitter, but you can call it whatever you want to call it. And I would not have seen this news if other accounts did not post that Eric Hosmer announced that he was done with baseball because I am blocked on social media by Eric Hosmer, like I'm sure a lot of Padres fans are. Um, I don't know when I was blocked. I think one day, maybe at the deadline when he was traded, I tried to look up his account and I saw that I was blocked. So I don't know when that actually happened, but it happened just like it has happened, I'm sure, for plenty of Padres fans. And I think some Padres fans may like, view that as like a it's a badge of honor because we're just passionate passionate Padres fans and 
It's not like we're trying to make Eric Hosmer's life miserable or we were trying to, like when he was playing, we were expressing our disappointment in Eric Hosmer because we were paying a lot of money to go to games and spending a lot of time paying attention to this franchise. And he comes in with this big contract, biggest in history at that time. And we were expecting him to be one of the big pieces to getting to getting this team into the playoffs in a full season, going on a deep playoff run, and it didn't happen. Actually, the opposite happened. They never made the postseason while Eric Cosmer was a Padre in a full, regular, actual season. They only made it in the COVID-shortened year, and there were plenty of things that happened that year that I think a lot of baseball fans sit here and say, well, how legit really is that? You know? We know one of them, and it, it, it has to do with our rival up north. Um, I think we all know what that is. But yeah, with Hosmer, I mean, all the full seasons, the regular 162-game seasons, no playoff appearances. 2018, the team, I'm not going to like put that on pause. I'm not trying to say, like, well, should have made the playoffs in 2018. But he comes over. And four-time gold glove winner. He was an all-star, World Series champ. He was one of the better-known guys in baseball at that time. Comes over, and in 2018, he goes from hitting 318 in 2017 to hitting 253 in 2018. I get it. Padres sucked in 2018. 2019, Padres don't make the postseason. It was first year with Manny. Still, that wasn't a playoff-caliber team, but he was still on that team, and there were quotes, that, or there have been, I think, players since then that have admitted that, yeah, didn't really give the best effort there at the end of 2019. Then 2020 comes, and it's 38 games that he plays in. Remember, Cronenworth, he ends up coming in, and that's where he started to make a name for himself with the Padres because Hosmer ended up going on the, was it the IL or was it the DL at that time? Whatever. He ends up, because I think he ended up he was sick or something, and Cronenworth took over. Or maybe it, was, maybe it wasn't sick. I thought he was sick. Maybe it was a hand injury or something. Cronenworth takes over at first, and he's been pretty much a starter ever since then, whether it be at first, at second, at short. He's been a starter. 2021 comes, and we know that Hosmer was like the best player ever in the month of April. That comes, he plays over 150 games, but his OPS plus was 104, 732 OPS, 269 average, like just not impressive. Not what you pay Eric Hosmer to do. 2022, obviously 2021, there was the big collapse, right? 2022, the long postseason run, right? All that, acquire Juan Soto, acquire Josh Hader, Brandon Drury, Josh Bell, all that. You have Manny. No Tatis, but you have Kim, you have Cronenworth, right? All that. But Hosmer was not a part of that long postseason run. Hmm. Was it a coincidence that the Padres ended up going on that long postseason run once Eric Hosmer was traded from the team? And by the way, he was traded to the Nationals, and he said no to that, and then was traded to the Red Sox. He's the reason why Luke Voigt was not on that team. Now, maybe the Padres don't get as far if they had Voight over, like, Brandon Drury or Voight over, like, Josh Bell. Who knows? But Voight had to be given up to the Nats, remember, fan favorite, because Hosmer rejected that, which it's in his right. 
it's in his contract. He's allowed to do that. I understand. Like, you'd rather go to Boston than Washington, especially where the Washington Nationals were at. They're trying to rebuild. And Luke Voigt didn't look like he had a fun time with the Nationals there. He thought he was going to be a part of that Padres team, and he was having fun, and then obviously that happened. So I'm sure that Voigt and Hosmer aren't great buddies. So Hosmer, Padres trade him, and they pretty much traded him for, like, nothing, right? They still have to pay a good amount of his salary. They got Jay Groom back in the deal. I mean, that was like the, the headliner coming back for the Padres. But the real thing was, Eric Hosmer, we just don't have to deal with that anymore. He was off the table. Like, thank goodness. All right. And 2022, obviously, Padres, they make the postseason. They go on the long postseason run to the NLCS and made some memories that we're never going to forget. And Eric Hosmer was not on that team, which I was thankful for. Um. 2023, after the Red Sox, I want to say they DFA'd him because they had Tristan Casas coming up and he was like the real deal. They wanted to give him the playing time. So Eric Hosmer, he's a free agent. He ends up signing with the Cubs. Cubs have Trey Mancini as well. And then Hosmer, he ends up not lasting very long at all with the Cubs, 31 games. And he took the rest of 2023 off. I'm not saying that like a bunch of teams were clamoring for Eric Hosmer's services. The Cubs were at the beginning of that year, like in spring training. And I think they had Matt Mervis coming up, try to maybe mentor him, give some advice, little things like that. But nobody wanted Eric Hosmer. And so it wasn't just a Padres thing. It was the Red Sox didn't want him. The Cubs didn't want him. And then nobody wanted him. Hmm. So. I don't think it was just a, a a Padres, oh, that's their loss. No, it was actually like the Padres gain. But yeah, when you look back at Eric Hosmer's tenure in a San Diego Padres uniform, my first thought is this was the most disappointing contract in Padres history. This was the worst contract in Padres history. They gave him $144 million. And he produced a 3.7 baseball reference war for the Padres. And fan graphs, you can look at fan graphs and you want to maybe you want to go to that, but a 3.7 B war in almost 600 games with the Padres. You know, fan graphs has that dollar value metric, like how much money would you make? I think that's what it is on the free agent market based on that year, like in millions, how much should you have been paid based on like actually how you performed on the field? $0.6 million total in his four full seasons with the Padres. Obviously, he played part of 2022 with the Padres, but his first four full seasons, 18, 19, 20, 21. Now, 20 was a short year, obviously, but that was like one of his good years with the Padres. $0.6 million in fan graphs value in that dollar metric. There are players that double that war in like every season that they play. And it's not Shohei Otani. It's like position players. They double that B-War in one season. Almost 600 games, 3.7 B-War. And some may think, well, why do we treat Jake Cronenworth different from Eric Hosmer and all that? Well, Cronenworth, there's some differences here. Like Cronenworth, he has versatility. He delivered a great moment in the postseason for the Padres. And he's someone that works his butt off. 
and he takes accountability and is trying to improve. And Padres fans, we didn't get that vibe with Eric Cosmo. And Jake Cronenworth, he speaks to the media. He owns up to things to the media. And that's not what I got from Eric Hosmer. It didn't seem like he was trying super hard to do whatever he could to be that player that the Padres paid him to be. And it felt like he was okay just living in San Diego. And sure, he, I'm not bashing him as a teammate. Like Every player in that clubhouse that I hear talk to the media says that, yeah, Eric Hosmer was the best teammate ever. But Padres fans, we don't really care about how great of a teammate you are when you're not doing good on the field. And defensively, it didn't seem like he was working on it because it never got better defensively at first base. I don't know. Maybe this is something that worked for him in Kansas City, so he just kept doing it, and no Padres coach said, hey, maybe don't do that, but throws to first base. You know, a guy's going down the line and he steps backward into the running lane to catch a ball that, that's on a hop because sometimes it felt like he just like couldn't pick it. So he tried to step back to get a little bit better uh, on the receiving end of things, a little bit better angle, I guess, on the receiving end of things at first base. And the ball would end up colliding with the runner. I remember watching that Padres Cubs game at Petco. And I think Crony made an amazing play, a great throw, and it got ruined by Hosmer because he steps back into the running lane. I'm gonna if if I could point to one play, Eric Hosmer with the Padres, it's against the Astros, and all the dire Padres fans will remember this. And I remember where I was. I was sitting in a hotel. My uncle had a wedding in Arizona, and it was Padres Astros. I think it was the day of the final round of the Masters or something. And Bregman hits a pop-up sky high and Hosmer is calling it and he, he doesn't drop it. He didn't touch the ball. It goes behind him pop-up in the infield. He's running in and it literally drops in behind him, walk off and the Astros win. And that was when they still had the blue uniforms, obviously the gray, the San Diego kind of boring, right? But yeah, there was that. There was that. There were the bad picks. There was balls going under his legs. There were all of the strikeouts, all of the double play, ground ball into double play. Yeah, it was not fun. And when Eric Hosmer was finally dealt, and that was that whole day, right? I think it was that same day. Soto gone or Soto here, Drury they acquired, and. Hosmer was dealt. It was like, man, this is one of the best days of my life. I remember that reaction video, and I was sitting right here. I was smiling, Like I feel like, almost that whole time when that was announced. So I don't think Eric Hosmer is this terrible human being. Like, let, Let's get that straight. But as a diehard Padres fan, and I'm talking to a bunch of Padres fans right now and on this show, like, you sign up for that deal. I'm sorry, I'm expecting you to give a ton of effort. And when things aren't going your way, I'm expecting you to work your butt off to try to get back to that player that you were. Like we, It's the thing, I'm not trying to compare Hosmer with Bogarts like in terms of work ethic. But with Bogarts, right, won a couple World Series with the Red Sox, we don't care about that. We care about what happens in San Diego. 
So there's frustration with Padres fans last year about Bogarts' performance, right? With Hosmer, we don't care. We were excited when Hosmer was first signed because we didn't know what was going to come. We saw some of the accolades, the gold gloves, the World Series, the leadership that was being talked about when he was with the Royals, when he was first coming over. And it was like, this could be the first major piece. And then Manny comes, and we're super excited, right? But he didn't deliver that with the Padres. Nowhere near that. He never won another gold glove with the Padres after winning four with the Royals. Never won a World Series. Didn't get to the postseason in any full season. His numbers were not anywhere comparable to his numbers with the Kansas City Royals. And I'm not going to go as far as to say that he he was Anthony Rendon for the Padres in terms of him only viewing this as a job and him thinking baseball is not a top part. Baseball's never been a top priority for me. It, it's a job. You know, I, I do this because it's a job. I'm here. I'm providing for my family. That's pretty much like Anthony Rendon's mindset. I'm not going that far, but it's kind of near that. Like there are plenty of players that I could point to that have been on this Padres team, that are on this Padres team, that view this as more than just a job, that they really care about winning for this city. And I just didn't see that with Eric Cosmer. How many, and I'm, I don't want to go too deep into this because then that gets kind of like personal, but I do have that thought in my head. How many community events did Eric go to? You know, I, I'm not asking him to be Tim Hill, but... Again, like the comparison thing with Cronoworth and with Hosmer and with Hosmer and with some other guys that maybe they don't perform up to the contract and they disappoint in some seasons, but there's just a different feel about those guys. It feels like those guys really, really care. And with Eric Hosmer, I didn't get that. I did not get that. And he is starting, by the way, a podcast. I think he's, it's a production company. Digging Deep podcast. And episode one is live now, so I'll give him his plug there. You can check him out there. But there was a clip that was, or that I posted that I saw because I watched this full first episode because I wanted to see what this show is about. And there's a clip here talking about his time in San Diego. It's like 30 seconds. And I was laughing in my head about what he said here, some of the comments that he made here. I'll be the first to admit, performance wasn't what I wanted it to be, wasn't what I envisioned it to be. But at the same time, you know, some of the stuff that was being being written or some of the stuff that I read or people had tell me was, you know, I wasn't I wasn't doing that due diligence in the locker room. I was actually doing the opposite, pulling people apart. And that's something to me where I felt like I was on an island right there. Like I want to tell my story. I want to be able to tell people what's what's going on here, what's really happening. But I just didn't have that platform. And I feel like baseball players in general don't have that platform. You see a lot of guys in football now. You see a lot of guys in basketball that have that ability to have that platform and say, hey, this is how, what's really going on. So, so there's, yeah. So he felt like he was on an island, didn't have the platform. What are you talking about, dude? You could have talked to the media. He never, I don't think he ever went on Ben and Woods. And they, they have on players all the time at spring training and during the season. Woodsy was saying this morning that I think Hosmer canceled on them. Like you had the platform, you had the opportunity to give your side of things. Instead, 
I think Padres fans remember him saying just rude things to the media and being not pleased with a question to him that I thought was a very valid question. I think this was in 20, yeah, 2021, this video was posted. And Jeff Sanders asked him about how would it feel, essentially, like, would you be disappointed if you were dealt from the Padres? And he gave this response. I think that's a that's a dumb question on your part. I think you're better than that question. Thank you guys. Like what? I think that's a dumb question on your part. Well, you had the platform one to give your thoughts on things, and you chose not to give your thoughts on what was actually happening. And then you go like bash questions from the media. And it's it's like, I don't know. This podcast may be interesting. I'm sure Manny's going to be on there at some point, And there will be something that will be interesting from that. Uh, maybe he'll have some more opinions on his time with the Padres. But look, not surprised that no other team wanted him. Not surprised that he is retired. I'm sure there's some fans that thought he had already retired. The Padres are not done with Eric Cosmer, by the way, because his contract is through 2025. They have to pay this guy $24.5 million, I believe, combined through 2025 over the next two seasons. And I believe the Red Sox are still paying him. It was just, it was a terrible contract. The Padres, it felt like they were bidding against themselves. They wanted to bring in that superstar. And they got Eric Cosmer, but kind of feels like Xander. No team was willing to give Xander anywhere near $280 million. And I hope that that contract doesn't look like this Eric Cosmer contract at the end of things. No one was willing to pay Eric Cosmer something close, in my opinion, that the Padres were willing to pay him. And the Padres have to sit with this deal and with the financial budget that they have, wouldn't it be great to have, you know, $12, 13000000 dollars of more room to spend? Maybe Juan Soto would still be on this team. Maybe a big starting pitcher would be in this rotation. Maybe a star outfielder would be on this team, even if it wasn't Juan Soto. But this is where we're sitting at. Eric Hosmer sitting on his butt, retired. And the Padres still have to pay him $12-plus plus million a year for the next couple of years. Good luck in retirement, Eric. I'm going to go to the chat to see some fans' thoughts here, if they have any thoughts on Hosmer. Why did he retire? Because he stinks at baseball now. And he has stunk for years, and no, no team wanted him, so he pretty much was like forced to retire. Devin says, I feel like the general public feels better now he's retired, but his teammates feel different. Well, yeah, teammates were teammates loved Eric. Absolutely loved Eric. I didn't see anyone that said a bad thing about Eric Cosmer as a teammate. But that doesn't garner results on the field, like from Eric's performance on the field. 
We don't see that in the clubhouse. So we can hear about it, and that's great. But that only goes so far when you stink on the field. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of over like, oh, he's a great teammate. Okay, cool. That's great. I think everyone should be a good teammate. You know, like if you're trying to win, you should be pulling on the same rope, helping each other out. You should be a good teammate. But when you're not living up anywhere near to the contract, you're stealing a ton of money from the Padres that could be better used with other players that are just better and care about winning for that city, which I just didn't, again, I just didn't feel like Eric did. Or if he did, it wasn't publicly shown. It wasn't um, as much as he probably should have cared. But, you know, these contracts in baseball, they're guaranteed, and he knew that he had his money, and he was fine with the career that he had, and he knew that he was going to be loved in Kansas City anyway, regardless of what happened with the Padres. And so maybe he was just fine with that. As a competitor myself, I wouldn't be fine with that, but I also don't have, you know, I don't, I don't have the $144 million contract from the Padres, and I haven't won a World Series. So... It's a it's probably a different perspective for sure. Devin says Haas is remembered by the hilarious montage of countless errors and hitting into double plays. Yeah. Yep. It's I think I posted one here on YouTube of some of the just terrible plays from Haas. And it just it sucks. Because Padres fans, we were excited about that move. We thought that this, okay, this was heading in the right direction. Now, the the direction of the franchise was headed in the right direction. But it wasn't with, like, Eric Hosmer, you know, steering the ship. It was from the, some of the other players that came in after that. And some people say, well, Manny never would have come to the Padres if Eric wasn't here. And come on. Manny was offered the most money by the Padres, right? Hosmer was offered the most money by the Padres, so he came to the Padres, just like Bogarts. You know, these guys, especially the ones that have Scott Boris as their agent, like Bogarts, like Hosmer, they hire Boris for the most part because they want the most money, and they understand what they're getting into with Scott Boris. So Manny, I think he still would have come to the Padres if Hosmer was not here. Sure, were they... Good buddies, yeah. And there's a relationship there, and there will always be a relationship there, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't believe that Manny would have signed with the White Sox, let's say, if the Padres would have had the same offer on the table that they did with Hosmer on the team. He would have went to the White Sox over the Padres because, oh, well, the White Sox, you know, or I should say the Padres, Padres don't have Eric Hosmer, so I'm just going to go to the White Sox instead. Like, what? I, I don't buy that. Uh, Pedro asks, how much do we still owe Hosmer today? I think it's 12.6, something like that. Let me look again. 12.6 or something like that for this year, and then another 12-plus for next year. Because it was 13 until he got traded, and then the Red Sox picked up some of that. So I'm on spot track right now. It says 2024, 12.260 mil. 
twelve million two hundred sixty thousand for twenty twenty four, and then in twenty twenty five, twelve million two hundred forty thousand dollars. Red Sox owe him seven hundred forty thousand in twenty four, seven hundred sixty thousand in twenty five. Man, that's that's got to be great for Haas. You don't have to play baseball. You don't have to put yourself through that physically. And you get to be paid that much money to not play for those teams. Team leadership can only take you so far. Devin says, still anticipating for a Padres Netflix documentary. I I mean, 2023, having having a Netflix doc for last year would have been great. But we know the Red Sox are going to be doing that for this year. And then it's going to come out, I think, in 2025. I don't, I don't think a maybe maybe a mini like doc, but I don't think like a full Netflix documentary is going to come out about 2023 and how everything went wrong with the Padres. Because would Manny Machado participate in that? Would he want to do that? Would Tatis would would these guys want to do that? Maybe they'll do it if they win a World Series and they'll be more willing to do it because they you know delivered that championship. Um. And it can end up being like this happy ending. Won it for Peter. Won it all. First World Series in Padres history. Learning lessons. But as of now, I don't think that that would happen. Yep, Yep. we got a Padres game tomorrow. That is for sure. And that's a good transition point here to hit on the next topic. Michael A. Taylor, he is still out there. I want to take a quick break. And then, yeah, I can hit on that Padres game, exhibition game tomorrow before getting to Michael A. Taylor. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. Can't wait to have some Gaglione Bros this year at Petco Park. I just saw my tickets came in for my family's tickets for this season in the ballpark app. And there's there's some good opponents coming to Petco this year. so. I'm excited for that. And yeah, getting back to Diego here, Padres game tomorrow. Joe Musgrove, yep, he is on the mound, scheduled to start. Michael King. There was, was it King? King is throwing a bullpen, I think, or a live BP. I'm not sure that he is throwing tomorrow because I think that was changed. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Acey says here yesterday, you Darvish likely won't make his Cactus League debut until next week. Michael King will throw a live BP session instead of pitching in Thursday's spring opener. So Musgrove, and then I think it's Yuki Matsui who's going to be pitching after Musgrove. Don't know when exactly, but I think this game tomorrow is on ESPN, Padres Dodgers, first game of spring training. Let me double check that real quick just to confirm. I know it's not on Padres TV. I think their first one is what the Guardians later in spring. Yeah, ESPN. It's going to be on 97.3 The Fan tomorrow. That's at 12:10 Pacific time. 12:10 Pacific time. Padres and the Dodgers. No Otani. No Yamamoto. But don't worry. We'll obviously assuming no injuries happen. We'll see them uh, in March. March 20th and the 21st when the Padres and Dodgers do it for real um, in that career series to kick off the 2024 season. 
Um, all right, I'll get to the rest of the chat here in a little bit. But yeah, Michael A. Taylor, I wanted to hit on him because I was thinking about this yesterday. Michael A. Taylor, he is still out there on the free agent market. Padres, sure, they do have some center field options. There's Jose Azokar. Tatis is in right, so I'm not counting him. There's Jackson Merrill. There's Jacob Marcy. Like, those are your three center field options right now. Like, real center field options. Marcy would have to blow away the Padres. I think Merrill wouldn't, doesn't have to blow away the Padres, at least current roster construction. I think they really want Jackson Merrill to be on this Padres opening day roster. So I don't think he has to do quite as well as Jacob Marcy, but he has to play well. He has to hit. He has to show he can do it offensively in spring training. Um, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Right now, you probably want Profar on the bench. You want Merrill in left or in center, and you want to bring in a major league veteran guy to play left field or play center field, and you have Merrill in that other spot. I think Marcy, probably not ready, but my opinion could change. My, my opinion could change on Jackson Merrill, but it really does seem like Merrill is going to be on this opening day roster as of now. So Michael A. Taylor, if his, like, his market, it feels like, is going down, there's not a whole lot of clarification on how many teams are in on Michael A. Taylor. What is that price range? Because I was saying earlier this offseason that he's probably wanting, you know, Kevin Kiermaier's contract, Harrison Bader, and they got over $10 million. Bader went to the Mets. Kiermaier went back to the Toronto Blue Jays. He loves being with the Blue Jays, loves that. And I'm like, okay. So Michael A. Taylor, though, as we get closer to spring training, or not closer to, we're in spring training, he probably wants to just, you know, have a team, 
And I'm sure he probably wants to play and have a starting role. Usually when you start, you get a bigger salary. I thought he would go back to the Minnesota Twins at the beginning of the offseason, but that has changed. I don't know if I have a landing spot for Michael A. Taylor, but I don't really see him going back to the Minnesota Twins when the Twins have a healthy Byron Buxton right now at the moment. And they don't want to spend money because, sure, they have there was some clarification on their TV deal for 2024. Uh, I think they're going to go one more year with Bally Sports North in Minnesota. And then we'll see what happens. But they don't want to spend a ton of money. And that sucks for Twins fans because they made the postseason. You want to take steps forward, not take steps back payroll-wise. payroll, payroll wise. And Michael A. Taylor, he's coming off of a good season. But I think it's odd, his odds of coming to the Padres have increased since reading the Byron Buxton news about how um, there was there was like a flap on his knee or something, and they got that taken care of. So he doesn't have that pain in his knee. He doesn't feel like he has a knife in his knee when he wakes up in the morning. That was something essentially that was what he was saying to the media recently. I think what once he reported to to spring training there in Florida for the twins. So it seems like they're trying to have Buxton go play center field. Now, is that the best thing for the twins? Probably not to think that Buxton's gonna last all of the year in center field. So Taylor could come back, but I would think that Michael A. Taylor would want a starting spot. So if the Padres can sit there and say, we'll have you start in center field and they'll have Merrill go play left. You have Merrill, Taylor, and Tatis as your outfield. You have Profar on the bench. And then you have maybe a Zokar on the bench, some other outfielder on the bench. And maybe you don't have to pay Michael A. Taylor 10 plus mil because he wants a job. And this is a good starting position for Michael A. Taylor. And he's he'll be fine with taking $8 million or maybe maybe you have to give him 10 but it's not 12 or 15 mil right and he'll take that because he doesn't know how many games he would get with the Minnesota Twins and if he's trying to lengthen this career he probably wants that sample size that he can show to teams coming off of 2024 going into that offseason after 24 um that hey I started games and I had another good season as mainly the starting center fielder for a team so Again, I don't know like how many teams are interested in Michael A. Taylor. I would think the Padres have checked in on Michael A. Taylor um, recently because A.J. Preller, is all, it feels like he's always checking in on guys. Tommy Pham, I don't know how realistic that is. Eddie Rosario, maybe the Padres, they get outbid by someone. Maybe they don't like Eddie Rosario as much as maybe some Padres fans like Eddie Rosario. Um, there's been some unexpected things that have happened. I wasn't expecting Aaron Hicks to go sign with the Angels. I wasn't expecting David Peralta to get a minor league deal and he goes and signs with Chicago Cubs. So he may not end up signing with the Padres, but I feel like the twins aren't the best option for Michael A. Taylor, at least him individually in terms of starting every day in center field. I think he could get that here with the Padres at a reasonable price. If the Padres say, yep, you're our starting center fielder. They give him that opportunity. If you're Michael A. Taylor, wouldn't you want to take that? Now, maybe there's other teams out there that would give him that as well, and he'd rather go there. But the Padres, they're a contender. There might be some Padres fans that don't believe in this Padres team, but at least going into the season, this Padres team should be considered a contending team. And for the Padres, would this make them better 
Uh, I don't know how much better it would make the Padres, but Michael A. Taylor, we know he's good defensively. Like that can replace Trent Grisham defensively in center field, right? 1.9 B war last year, 21 home runs. I don't think we should expect him to do that again, especially if he moves in to Petco Park. He's going to hit in the bottom of the lineup, but he had a better year than Trent Grisham did. And sure, it's a righty bat, not a lefty, but it's a guy that has big league experience and he's solid in center field. And you can't be worse offensively than Trent Grisham has been these last couple of years, right? So you would think that at least it's that or hopefully a little bit of an upgrade offensively. And if he's hitting at the bottom of the order and other guys can produce like they're supposed to, having Michael A. Taylor at the bottom of the order won't be that big of a deal, I don't think. And signing Michael A. Taylor will hopefully take some pressure off of someone like Jacob Marcy, and it will allow the Padres to say, Marcy, you're not ready, if he's not ready at the end of spring, and they can put him down in the minor leagues, and maybe it's the same thing with Merrill, instead of forcing them to come up to the big leagues if they don't sign a Michael A. Taylor, if they don't have a center field option, and they don't want Jose Azokar starting every day in center field, which I think a lot of Padres fans will sit there and say, yeah, he's done everything that, that's been asked of him. We're fine with him being a bench outfielder, defensive guy, cool. Last outfielder on the bench, that's fine. But starting every day in center field, I think we'd rather see Michael A. Taylor than, than Jose Azokar starting every day in center field. Um, for what it's worth, baseball reference projects Michael A. Taylor to hit 15 home runs this past, or, or excuse me, not this past year. They project him to do that in 2024. They project him to have an OPS of 698, so not great. But again, if you go look at Trent Grisham these past couple of years, I mean, his OPS last year was 666, 87 OPS plus. His batting average was 198, 13 home runs. With his defense, he had a two war. And 184 batting average in 2022. 626 OPS. So I think Michael A. Taylor can at least give the Padres that. And it wouldn't like steal all the baseball news. Like, oh my gosh, Padres signed Michael A. Taylor. But I don't think we're asking for too much. Padres have room to spend still. Why can't they bring in, and it doesn't have to be Michael A. Taylor. It could be Eddie Rosario. Why can't they bring in, and maybe they will, but why not bring in a major league veteran outfielder that you can put in this outfield and have as at least an insurance option if Jackson Merrill and Jacob Marcy don't pan out in spring training the way the Padres want them to and are thinking that they will. Because it feels like there's pressure on Jackson Merrill to perform. And if there's if he doesn't perform, or if he performs okay, doesn't blow him away, he may, he may still be on this opening day roster. And then he may not be ready to face big league pitching after an okay spring training. And then he's, he's a confident guy, so I don't know if he would lose his confidence. But then you're, you're looking at a hole in the bottom of the order when you could just have him developing in the minor leagues, Jacob Marcy, alongside developing in the minor leagues, and you could have Eddie Rosario up here or Tommy Pham or Michael A. Taylor or, who, or someone via trade. You could have someone that's had the experiences, the ups and the downs at the big league level, hitting at the bottom of the order. So... I get it with the young guys, and if Merrill shows up in spring, I'm fine with having Merrill on the big league roster, but I want him to prove it. Right now, it feels like, 
I mean, he's just going to be on the opening day roster just because of the lack of options for this Padres team right now. All right. Let's go to the chat. Just a reminder as well, some of the great sponsors of the show, FOCO, great Padres bobbleheads and collectibles. You can click the link in the description for them. Breaking Tea, they've got some great Padres Aztecs, Waves, shirts and sweatshirts. U.S. Women's National Team as well. They played in the Gold Cup last night. Alex Morgan was called up because of Mia Fischel's injury, and she ended up scoring a goal wearing number seven. Looks weird. The AM7 era got off to a pretty good start. USA got that win last night against the Dominican Republic, and then they play coming up on, I want to say, Friday for their second game, and then they play Monday. I think that one is against Mexico. That's the Gold Cup group stage, and then they will advance to the next round because eight of the 12 teams, I think, go to the next round. So we'll hopefully be able to see the United States play at Snapdragon Stadium coming up um, later in the month and into March as well. San Diego Wave, by the way, they got a win yesterday. It's not the regular season yet, but in their preseason, they were able to beat Bay FC. Uh, but it's different because they there's a lot of players missing, obviously, on international duty. Uh, but there's an update there. San Diego State, I gave my reaction to that yesterday. Last night, they lost to Utah State on the road. A disappointing loss. Um, San Diego State, they're not the same team on the road than they are at home. And I know the home atmosphere, it's a great home atmosphere for sure. But they got to start playing better on the road. They got to be more consistent on the road if they want to do some damage here in the month of March. But there's still a little bit of time. It's not early, but there's still a little bit of time. Um, underdog fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100. Yes, they will match it up to $100. Your first deposit with underdog fantasy, click that link in the description or use code talking friars, same code for SeatGeek, $20 off your first order there. Let's get to the chat. Devin says, how do you feel about the new on-field Jersey Ben? Everyone has been ranting about the Jersey being cheap and non-authentic. It's different seeing it in person than online. I haven't seen it in person, so I don't want to fully judge it. But yeah, some of the pictures that I'm seeing, it's like, mm, man, not great. Some of the, I saw a picture online yesterday. Someone in Dick's Sporting Goods sent a picture on social media um, of what the jersey looks like. And it's like, man, that looks like a giveaway jersey. And there's players, the Padres, I don't believe they have their pants yet, but players are in the league, around the league, they've been complaining about how they can't, like, customize the pants as much or the way that they used to um, with the previous, I think it was Fanatics, right? Um, or maybe they're still supplying it, but it's just different this year. It's a different style jersey. Um, I know there were Cardinals players complaining about, like, I think the color, the colors, the different red, the stitching, they wanted the stitching, and it's it just looks different. Some of the lettering, the lettering on the jerseys, like there are players that like Michael Chavis, who I think is with the Mariners right now, short last name, and it's still curved on the jersey. Like there's no need for that. And so just think the players' association is even talking about this. So yeah, there there's been Nike players like Mike Trout. And Nolan Arenado that get paid by Nike, they're having glowing things to say. They're not saying it in front of a camera, but they're saying it, you know, on social media, 
probably putting out a statement that was sent to them to put out on social media. Oh, how great these jerseys are. But yeah, it doesn't look great. And it may feel good to them, like in the hot summer, better than previous jerseys. But right now, yeah, it doesn't seem like players are the biggest fans of them. And fans, the prices on the jerseys as well, I think, have gone up. And fans don't want to pay for that. So maybe go get the discount if you can find any discounted jerseys from 2023. I know the Padres just had that week-long 50% off sale, so hopefully fans were able to take advantage of that. But yeah, right now it's not great. I the yeah, the Peter Seidler uh or yeah, the Peter Seidler heart thing looks cool. I like that patch, the Petco Park patch, the 20th anniversary thing. That looks cool. But some of the stuff I'm seeing on social media, it looks like a giveaway jersey. And again, it could look different. There are different versions of jerseys, right? There's like the on-field version that the players wear, and I think that is sold for even more money. There's the replica jersey that's not exactly like what the players wear on the field, and it looks different. So I'm sure like the Dick Sporting Goods jerseys are a little bit different. But yeah, right now it doesn't look that great. And then there's this picture that's coming out online about uh, Jake Cronenworth. He took a picture. It was like for the team photo. And I'll try to find it here to show to the to the YouTube audience. But it looks like he's kind of fat. That's what the picture online looks like. But I think some of it is if you're wearing multiple layers. I'm trying to find it on here. If you're wearing multiple layers. I can't find it. If you're wearing multiple layers on you. You're going to look bigger than someone that isn't wearing multiple layers on you probably. And sometimes I don't know if people play baseball here that is live. But when you. You don't want the jersey when you put the jersey on and you tuck it in, you untuck it a little bit, right? Because you want some room, some yeah, you want some room to move around. So sometimes when you have multiple layers on and then you're untucking it a little bit after you put it on and you tuck it in inside your pants, there's it sticks out. Even if you're not fat, it just sticks out. So I think that is a little bit of the of what people may not be mentioning on social media. And even if he has gained some weight, I'm not going to sit here and worry too much about that because he's playing first base. And if you want more power, well, you can get some power from, you know, putting on some mass, putting on some weight. And I'm not saying, and I'm not going to sit here and say he's eating donuts all the time because I don't know. And I don't think he is. But it's, Sometimes players play better when they're a little bit heavier and it's a long season. So it's hard. Players have said this. It's hard sometimes to keep the weight on during the season. So you put weight on in the off season and then you're going to, you're not going to weigh the same in spring training day one of spring training. than you do game 162 because of how much you're moving, how much calories that you're burning playing every day it, it it's just a lot and there's stresses obviously during the season 
So you're just not going to be at the same weight. And so that's part of people's, maybe some people's thoughts into gaining some weight. I don't know for sure, but I'm just seeing people posting pictures on social media, posting that one picture on social media of the team photo day. I'm trying to find it. Because maybe some haven't seen it here. Okay. I found it. I'm, I'm pulling it up for the YouTube audience here. So this is Cronenworth right here. I mean, I I first saw this and it looked a little bit photoshopped. I didn't really think this was like actually Jay Cronenworth. And then after that, I was like, this kind of looks like what a coach may look like. You know, because some coaches, they have, they can work out, but, you know, they're not as active as they were when they were playing, and you can see the belly a little bit. He has multiple layers on. It is untucked a little bit. I'm not going to make the biggest deal about it. I just know that it was a topic of discussion for sure. On social media, I saw a lot of people referencing that. I don't think it's the biggest deal. It's not Pablo Sandoval, okay? <laughs> like, there's there's a difference. All right, continuing to go through the chat here. Let's see. Alex says, if Hosmer claimed that his time in San Francisco or San Diego wasn't good playing, why? And the fact he doesn't care to help the Padres out shows he's a POS. Okay, Alex Alex resent that in. If Hosmer knew he wasn't playing well in San Diego and his time with the team wasn't good and still doesn't want to help help them out, it shows he is a POS. I don't want to go that far. Like I don't have I'm not saying like I hate Eric Hosmer personally. I hate Eric Hosmer in terms of him playing baseball for the Padres and what he gave to the Padres. He didn't live up to the contract. And I think he could have cared more, at least showed it publicly. He didn't feel like he cared that much publicly about what was happening with the Padres. That's, you know, people can have different opinions. He could have a different opinion, but that's just where I stand on that. And yeah, so I'm not a big fan. When you don't perform and you get paid a ton of money to perform and be one of the faces of the franchise. And it doesn't seem like you have the greatest care in the world about not performing and not living up to it. You know, I'm not going to be the biggest fan. I'm seeing Jake Cronenworth, like there's quotes about him caring too much last year, him pressing. And him, him, there's quotes. I think he just talked. Yeah, he just talked with Sammy Lovett. And I was watching that interview before coming on and, he was talking about how he was being vulnerable. That's a hard word to say. Vulnerability in the offseason about like talking to, to players and knowing that he wasn't his best. Okay, what struggles were, was I going through and how can I improve? That is an openness to improve. 
and be better. And you care a lot about trying to win for this city. I didn't get that vibe from Eric Hosmer. So, yeah. Yeah, Alex says, Manny would have still signed. Remember, Manny still had beef with that Kansas City pitcher that Hosmer was friends with. Um, I don't remember. Who, who was? Was that your Dono Ventura? Sadly, he has passed away, obviously. Um, yeah. Manny, look. I think he really wants to win for the city of San Diego now. I think he wants to win for the Scyther family. Um, he came to the Padres because he got the most money from the Padres. What was the White Sox offer? Was it around 300? Because remember, there was hype about the White Sox at the same time there was hype about the Padres when Manny first signed that first contract with the Padres. White Sox, they're coming up. They have these prospects, bright future, but it hasn't turned out that way. It's been a little bit brighter of a future for the Padres than it has been for the Chicago White Sox. So I, I think the Padres offered him the most money. And by the way, we're talking about Manny here and you know the Cronoworth pictures that have come out. Remember Manny, the, the shirtless pictures in the postseason when they beat the Dodgers? It didn't look like he was the the he he was not looking like Aaron Judge or John Carlos Stanton. He was not like ripped like that, you know. But he was the best player on the team. He was the MVP of that season uh, of the National League, in my opinion. He was the MVP of the Padres in 2022. You know, some you don't have to, you know, Patrick Mahomes. I know it's different sports, but I don't know if you guys have seen the shirtless Patrick Mahomes pictures. He doesn't look like the the greatest ripped athlete out there. But guess what? He's the best player in the league. He's the best quarterback in the league. So it's not all about what you look like um, physique-wise. It's about what you do on the field, you know? And you could you could be eating right, and you're trying to gain weight again because it's a long season, and that's how you look. So I think it's a big – some people are trying to make it a big deal about not a whole lot there. Um, Stonecrest says, I want Bauer for league minimum. Folks need to stop being ignorant about the matter. Judge yourself before others. I've already gone through the Bauer topic. You can go look up that video that I put out, I think a couple weeks ago on Bauer. I I'd rather have another team take a chance on him before the Padres do. I like the young talent the Padres have pitching wise. I think the Padres can still go make another addition to the rotation and it doesn't need to be Trevor Bauer. Um, I'm, I'm fine with not having Bauer on the team. I don't I don't think that there's a need to have Trevor Bauer on the team. There's a need in the rotation, sure, but I don't need to deal with that headache. I'm good. Pedro asks, would you get a Michael Michael A. Taylor type or short-term snow contract and deal with outfield scraps? They can't do a short-term snow contract. If it's like a one-year, $40 million deal for Blake Snell, that takes them over what they want to do. They have like $20 million of room, so they can't do that. Maybe they do a one-year, $15 million deal with it with some arm, but like Snell's getting long-term. He's not signing a one-year deal. I'd be surprised by that. Jordan Montgomery, he's not signing a one-year deal. Uh, there's Michael Lorenzen out there that they could still sign. Um, there's guys like that. 
but short-term contract on a like all-star player, the Padres don't have the room to do that. That would cost more than the $20 million of room. Um, so yeah, I would go Michael A. Taylor like a one-year, I don't know how much he'd cost, but preferably more like seven, eight mil. Um, Tommy Pham probably would cost more, 10 plus mil, but they do have room to spend. Maybe they don't spend on a bat for first base DH, outfielder and rotation. Maybe it's one of those. And they just decide to spend most of the money on that one piece right there. But my point is, like, they still have the room to spend. They just haven't spent it right now. And it's February 21st. There's still free agents that are out there. And there's still teams, by the way, that are waiting for those free agents to sign. And there are agents that are waiting, that are telling players to probably wait. Don't sign now. Wait till those guys sign so that maybe you could get a little bit more money from a team or a team can open up that you really want to go to that maybe that team is holding off on you right now because they're trying to get this player. They're trying to get Cody Bellinger. They're trying to get Matt Chapman, trying to get Blake Snell, trying to get Jordan Montgomery, you know, trying to get one of the other guys that are out there. So things are still stalling here. Scott Boris wants to get the most money he possibly can for his players. And I get that's his job. And as long as the players are okay with that, then they're okay with sitting out and not being at spring training camps. Uh, but if I was a player, I'd probably want to like know where I was going to be. And if I have to sacrifice a couple mil, it's easy for me to sit here saying when I don't have a million dollars, newsflash. <laughs> um, but I'd probably sacrifice a couple mil. Let's say instead of getting 15 mil, I get 10 mil from a team. I'm probably willing to sacrifice that knowing that I can, you know, start on a team and I have a team to go to instead of maybe being left out and having to go sign with the Rockies like Jerks and Profarm last year. All right, let's continue with the chat here. Diego says Jake is going to be better with the extra weight. He's a first baseman, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, Jake's an athletic guy. We'll see. Um. I don't know how much, and that's not something that the media is probably going to ask. Maybe they'll ask like generally. So how was your off season? Um, did you change diet or anything? And then maybe he will say it voluntarily, but the media is, it's not like you're going to get a question from the media. The media is not going to go up to Jake and be like, so did you gain some weight this off season? Like, uh, were you eating too many donuts? They're not going to say that obviously. So we'll see if it comes out. Um, but I think he probably wants some more power. I don't think he was just sitting on his butt doing nothing, and that's how he gained the weight. Like he's putting in the work, and it was probably part of the off-season plan. It's been part of Manny's off-season plan, by the way. I don't know about this off-season, but it has in the past, about putting on some weight. Sometimes it's been about slimming down. Um, and not like in a, just being more athletic, because there are certain things that happen in a season, and then they reevaluate after every season. So. That's just part of it. It's not, again, if it was Pablo Sandoval, okay. Like that level, okay, we have a problem, but it's not that. Yeah, baseball players don't have to be jacked. Like appe visually appealing, yeah. Having, you know, being like Fernando Tatis Jr., um, Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton or Bryce Harper being like that, yeah, that looks cool. But sometimes, that doesn't work out 
sometimes there's injuries when when that happens. Giancarlo Stanton just went from being like this huge buff guy, and he's still amazing, seems in amazing shape, but he has changed how he's went about his offseason. He, he wanted to be more like a baseball player, be more, more mobile. I don't know if you guys have seen the Stanton picture. So it's not a bad thing for some people to gain some weight, and it's not a bad thing for some people to slim down. There, are, we we all have different bodies, obviously, and they're different positions. And players are coming off of different years. You're always trying to improve. Maybe you had an injury. Maybe you didn't. There there are different circumstances, obviously. Uh, Pedro says, Ben, thoughts on more and more Padres bloggers turning to podcast or amping their Padres coverage. Maybe imitation is the best form of flattery. I mean, I didn't start this. I know I've had this show and I'm on episode 567 now. Like I've, I've been doing this for a few years now, but I, I didn't start this. And the more the merrier, you know, we have a lot of passionate Padres fans. And I love going on to different shows, and I love having other Padres fans on my platform. I I always have that link up there on these live shows for Padres fans to join the show. Um, I don't really view it as like, oh, competition. No, like, we're, we're Padres fans. We want the team to do well. I think there's plenty to go around. Um, so I think it's great. I don't, I don't really think it's like, oh, imitation. Um, you know, I'm here to give my thoughts on the Padres. I'm a huge Padres fan, and I'm here to help serve Padres fans as well. Some Padres fans, they don't have, you know, three hours a day to go read through all the articles and go watch all the interviews and all that. So I try to condense the information and put it out. And, um, you know, I credit all of the, the great reporters that are out there at spring training doing this work. and check out the link. Here's the link. Go check it out. Um, I, I love Padres fans, love this fan base. So yeah, that's, that's really my thoughts on that. Pedro says Snell is scared to go to New York. He doesn't want that scrutiny. Watch out. If Soto struggles, Yankees fans and media going to eat him up for walking instead of slugging. Speaking of maybe putting on some, some weight or, or maybe, I don't know what happened with Soto, not in a bad way, but that dude looks jacked. I don't know if you saw that press conference that he had, by the way, he's wearing a Juan Soto shirt, and it's not like the Soto shuffle. It's It says the generational Juan Soto on it. So he's got confidence. We knew that. But he's, he definitely has confidence going into his first spring training there with the Yankees in Tampa. Um, but he looks jacked. He, it looks a little bit different than how it looked, at least in my opinion. Maybe it's a smaller shirt. I don't know. But it looks a little bit different than what he was looking like with the Padres. Um, I don't know if Yankees fans and media are going to eat him up. It seems like when he struggles, he still tries to be that confident Juan Soto. So, I don't know. He's going to, he'll probably go through a couple hard weeks with the Yankees at some point in time. He went through some hard times with the Padres, obviously, when he was first coming over to the Padres. Although that was midseason, and I'm sure it's probably different between midseason and being acquired in the offseason, and you have a little bit more time to adjust to being with that new team, then, oh, deadline, all right, I'm going straight on a plane to San Diego, press conference, playing a game, right? Like, it's a little bit different. Um, so I, 
yes, so every player will go through struggles this year. It's baseball. It's a hard sport. But Soto's one of the best talents in the league. He's still going to have, I'd be pretty surprised, to be honest, if he doesn't have an OPS north of 900, if he doesn't hit his 25-plus home runs. I'm not saying this guy's a 40-home run guy because we know he hits to all fields, but he'll still have a, a successful year, I think, with the Yankees. Um, I did not, Alex. I did not see that video about the Boris clients. Yeah, I do. I did see that, Diego. Actually, yeah. I was talking about Pablo Sandoval. He's back on a minor league deal with the San Francisco Giants. He's trying to have a comeback. Mark says, putting on muscle mass and putting on body fat are two different things but it should not really matter what they look like. Talent and skill matters over being jacked. Yeah. I mean, you look at some guys, and this is, um, I'm not trying to say Jake Cronenworth looks like these guys, but I'm just pointing to these guys. Pablo Sandoval with the Giants. Pretty successful in those in those years, right? Didn't look like John Carlos Stanton, right? There's guys like Prince Fielder. Didn't look like the the most amazing athlete of all time, right? There are guys in the past that have had pretty good careers and part of their success, by the way, is because of, you know, CC, this isn't position player-wise, but part of, their, part of their success is because of, how should I say this? Because of the weight that they have, you know, it, it allows for pitchers sometimes velocity like they get more velocity maybe they have a little bit less of an injury history when they have that weight on like cc sabathia with the yankees and he felt i think he said it in retirement he felt like i had to have that weight on in my career and you look at him now he's in great shape so some players like they're like that because they're playing baseball um, Diego says, so Ben, you're saying a trade is probable. What in your opinion seems like a likely trade for the Padres? Does it involve Kim? I don't think it involves Kim at this point in time. I don't think you announce to the media, announce to the fan base. Yeah, Xander's going to second. Kim's going to be at shortstop. I don't think you announce that if Kim's just going to be traded and then you put Xander back at short. I don't think that happens. And some would say, well, they're putting Kim at short to, to build up his value. Teams already know he can play shortstop. His value is his value. The Padres know how talented he is. Other teams know how talented he is. And if they want to pay up, then they're going to pay up. If they're not going to pay up to the Padres' liking, then they're not going to get Hassan Kim. So I think him moving to short was a baseball thing, and I like the move. I like Xander being sort of willing he was willing, obviously, because he's at second base now, being willing to go to second base. And I think this is a better defensive, definitely left side of the infield with Manny and with Asan Kim at short. Um, a trade, I think it would involve, I mean, there's not a whole lot of major league guys you want to be trading. I don't think it's going to involve like Vasquez or Burrito. I think they really want to see what they got in those guys. I don't think it's going to involve Lesko or Snelling or, Thorpe or Salas or Merrill or Marcy. I think it would involve probably like a Adam Mazur. I hope not Ariarte from what I'm seeing, some of the videos, but 
I guess it depends on the talent that you're acquiring back. I think it would have to be someone like maybe a Ryan Berger. Um, I don't think they'd want to give up Nathan Martorella, but maybe it's someone like that. Maybe it's, I don't think they want to give up Graham Pauly either, but, and I don't know who would be out there that would be willing to give up Graham Pauly for, but someone like that, not like the top guys. I don't think it's going to be major league, like significant major league contributors to the Padres, but like mid prospect, mid tier prospects or second level prospects, maybe that we'll see. Or maybe if it's for like a one year guy and you're taking on some salary, you might not be giving up that much. So hopefully that answers your question. Okay. Yeah. I see some of Pete Alonso is mentioned in the chat, Vladdy jr. Yeah. Those guys don't, there's been obviously some shirtless Pete Alonso um, images out there. He doesn't look like he's, you know, the the greatest athlete out there. He's he's not ripped, but his job is to hit a bunch of bombs for the New York Mets. Um, Kevin asks, "What are we concluding on Padres' financial commitment to Hosmer if he retires?" So he's already done. He's already announced that on his YouTube show, whatever it was called, digging something, digging deep. Yeah, digging deep pod, Moonball Media. Um, he's already done. The Padres, they still have to pay him this year and next year. 24 and a half mil, I believe. Over $24 million for him not to play for the Padres because he was traded. It's not like he, if he would have retired as a Padre, then I think they wouldn't have had to give him that because he's voluntarily forfeiting that money. But yeah, $24 plus million over the next two seasons. Red Sox have to pay some of it as well. Not nearly as much, but they have to pay seven hundred plus thousand dollars this year and next year as well, and they're doing that to not have him on the roster. Uh, Mark says, if Darvish can pinpoint his location a bit better, it wouldn't matter what his velocity is. Just like Greg Maddox when he was getting older, yeah. I mean, he we know how many pitches he has, and he has some nasty stuff. So. In some of the quotes that he's been talking about, um, he's not talking about the quotes, he's saying them, obviously, about how he's trying to throw more strikes, focusing on strikes here in spring training. So maybe that's why he's not pitching early in spring training like Joe Musgrove is. Joe wants to get in there. He wants to get some of the jitters out, and he just wants to go. And maybe that's part of like last year, he didn't start the season on time. He just wants to pitch. And part of it, also the health at the end of last year, he just wants to pitch. He wants to show that he is healthy. He wants to know that he is healthy and he can go. It's it's different pitching in a game than pitching, you know, live BP sessions. So he just wants to get out there. Where Darvish is, it seems like he's still working on some things. So we'll see. Spring training baseball back tomorrow. Thank you, everyone, for the time. I appreciate it. Your time, you chose to spend an hour plus with me if you're still with me. Have a great rest of your day, everyone, um, and I'll talk to you all soon. See ya.